Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now for your host, Dan Mater. And welcome back to the show, MD Nation listeners. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and we'll be bringing you another great episode here today as we continue the Fantasy Analysis by Team Depth Charts miniseries with part for today as we discuss the Rams. We're going to discuss the Broncos. We're going to discuss the Chiefs and on our last segment of today's episode, we're going to have another interview with another fantastic guest. So make sure you're listening through the entire episode because you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to talk about the Washington Redskins in that segment for that interview. A lot of great stuff coming. I've been so happy that I've been able to get these guests as of late to come in and help break down the show. I think it's great for you guys as listeners to get more inside information from more different sources, and it's also been great for the show as well. Remember, keep following me on Twitter at MDFF show to get all the player update news notifications along with when new episodes drop and along with when my peers from the Overtime Heroics Network, from the Unwrapped Sports Network, from the Belly Up Sports Network all have their podcast drop for football as well, making the MD's Fantasy Football Show a one-stop shop for any good fantasy football content that you can go to. All that stuff is right there for you as long as you're following me on Twitter at MDFF Show. Also, follow me on Facebook at MDFF Show there as well to make sure you're getting all the latest episode drops that I usually like to do on that one. And of course, make sure you're checking out the website MDFFShow.com. I have all of the 
uh, latest research up there as far as last year's statistics go. So you can go back and recap exactly who finished where. I have the free agent tracker so you can keep up to date with new contracts and new acquisitions by different teams. We haven't gotten to that part of the season yet, but we probably will get there within the next month as we go through training camp and cuts. There's going to be more people signed. It's almost like a, a mini new free agency, if you will, a month from now. So make sure you're following along on that as well. It's getting close now. I'm getting ever so close to getting done the first downloadable draft kit from the MD's Fantasy Football Show. It's going to be available to you. Remember, it's going to have standard scoring. It's going to have one for half-point PPR scoring. It's going to have one for full-point PPR scoring. It's going to have projections. It's going to have rankings. It's going to have tier rankings. It's going to have league schedules. It's going to have updated depth charts. It's going to have a complete guide that you are going to need in order to dominate your drafts and be on your way to a championship. That is coming. We're only a few weeks away from the very first one being ready to go. And of course, as we go through August, as things happen through training camp, that will get updated at least once a week, maybe more often. And all of that information will also be available on the website for you to view as well if you just want to take a quick look at something or take a quick look at the newest update but also will be there for you in a downloadable draft kit for you to win your drafts this year because I'm committed to my listeners being the best at fantasy football and winning your championships and rubbing your friends' faces in it because that is what it is all about. So what we're going to do here, we're going to get right into the episode. We have a lot of content to cover as we have for the past few ones. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side here, we're going to come right back out with the Los Angeles Rams. Tired of spending hours upon hours on research for your drafts but still want the excitement of having something on the line while watching the game? Well, join the Thrive Fantasy app where they have streamlined the process for you to make it easy and fun to play along. Use promo code MDFF when you sign up with a $10 deposit and receive an additional $10 for free. Again, that's promo code MDFF. The Rams are one of those teams where they have almost no questions and yet a ton of questions at the same time. And I think we all know what we're talking about when I say that, and that is the Todd Gurley issue. What What is Todd Gurley, what is his role going to be? How is he going to be effective? Is he going to be in a committee? Is he going to just go from being like 80-90% of the carries to 60-70% of the carries? Is he going to be able to hold up for an entire 16-game season or at the end of the day, is any of that even going to wind up mattering? I, I'm one of those people I've been beating the drum all summer long to try to make sure that you guys do not make the same mistake that a bunch of other people are getting hyped and bullied, frankly, at this point into doing from national pundits. And that is do not sleep on Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's leg did not fall off because he had arthritis. I don't. I don't know why we act. Why we're acting like he did. I don't know why we're acting like Daryl Henderson, who was one of my favorite running backs coming out of the draft. In fact, I had him and David Montgomery as the only two running backs coming out of this draft class that I thought will go on to be superstars in the league. And even though I love him that much. I am not sitting here telling you today that Daryl Henderson is going to be in a 50-50 split or even a 60-40 split with Todd Gurley this season. This is not going to be a Gurley plays for a series and rotates either Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson. This is not going to be a full-blown committee. This is Todd Gurley's job. It's arthritis. Do you guys really think that Todd Gurley is the first player to ever play with arthritis in his 
in his body anywhere? The answer to that question is no. No, he's not the first one. He won't be the last one. These doctors get paid millions of dollars to figure out ways to manage the issue. Is he going to have some swelling? Absolutely. Is is he going to be questionable? Probably almost every single Wednesday practice and maybe, maybe not even practice at all on a Wednesday this entire season. It's likely. But he doesn't need to. He's Todd Gurley. He doesn't need to practice on Wednesday to be ready for the game on Sunday. That's not what he needs to do. He is a superstar running back. As long as he is healthy and in shape and ready to go, which he will be because he has been rehabbing, he has been working out, he has been conditioning, he will be participating in training camp even though you're not going to see him in any preseason games. He's going to be ready to go. That is all you need for Todd Gurley. He has been the number one running back two years in a row because of how great this offense fits him and how great he is. And last season, he didn't even play a full 16 games and still finished as the number one fantasy running back. So I don't know why everyone suddenly, in some platforms, it gets really crazy. In some platforms, they have him all the way down in the bottom half of the third borderline fourth round depending on what how many players are in your league that's how far he's fallen in some platforms now in other platforms they still have him back into the first top end of the second which fine to me Todd Gurley is number four he is number four and I only move him to number four because of the issues of possibly missing a couple games because of the knee because of the knee issue but it's, it's going to be Elliot, it's going to be Barkley, it's going to be Kamara, and then it's going to be Todd Gurley. And then I'm going to have Christian McCaffrey. And we're going to get into all of that and why I have those guys ranked there once I have the projections and the rankings uh, full-fledged for you. And that will be the next series of podcasts after the fantasy analysis by Team Death Charts series is over. And we'll get into that more then. But I'm just trying to give you an idea here. Do not sleep on Todd Gurley. Do not suddenly think that he is just a liability waiting to happen. Do not suddenly think that you can't take this guy in the first round, especially if you're sitting there on the back end of a first-round pick. You're in a 10-team league. You're in a 12-team league. You're sitting at pick eight. Todd Gurley's still on the board. Don't overthink it. Don't say, you know what, let me grab DeAndre Hopkins. You know what, let me grab... Well, what was Melvin Gordon? Let's say, let's say, let me grab Le'Veon Bell. No. You listening to this show, you're going to take Todd Gurley because you're listening to this show and you're going to realize that this is a complete overreaction. You're also not going to take Daryl Henderson in round eight after you take Todd Gurley because that also makes no sense. Let's say Todd Gurley does go down. I expect Daryl Henderson to be the guy who gets more of the work. But Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson will be in a timeshare if Todd Gurley was to go down. It's not going to be one guy or the other. Uh, the, the heaviest split it might possibly be would be 55-45%. They brought back Malcolm Brown because they do like Malcolm Brown a lot. And while I think Daryl Henderson's more talented, I think for this season, because he's a rookie, because he's got some things to work on like pass protection... It would be a committee if Todd Gurley was to go down. So you don't draft Daryl Henderson in the 8th, ninth round. You wait till the teens to take him as your handcuff if he's still available. That makes sense. That's smart. But that's what you wait for. That's what I want my listeners to do. Don't get caught up in this hype that all of a sudden Todd Gurley's not worth the first rounder after he's been the number one fantasy running back for two years. 
So that I went into that for a while there because there's not really a whole lot else to talk about when it comes to the Rams. We know Jared Goff's a starter. Blake Burles is his backup. We know Jared Goff is going to be a top 12, top 10 quarterback. How high? I don't. Does he have the potential to be top five in that offense with those weapons? Yes, the potential is there. Is it likely? No. But he will. He will be a QB one at the end of the day, and we know that. We know that because of the offense. We know that because of Sean McVay. For the receivers, they have three receivers that should finish the season in the top thirty. They've done it consistently when they've been on the field healthy altogether. Not one of them is going to probably finish in the top 10, but at least one of them will finish in the top 20. And you know all three of them will finish in the top 30 because this is one of the few offenses that can truly support three receivers to have fantasy value week in and week out. It's still going to be Brandon Cooks at number one. It's still going to be Robert Woods at number two. It's still going to be Cooper Cup taking up the slot. This is still going to be a three-receiver base formation offense. So you know what you're getting there. Of the three receivers, I like Cooper Cup the best. I said it last year when I was doing the podcast. I like Cooper Cup the best. And and until he got hurt, he was the most consistent wide receiver. And that's why I like him the best. Brandon Cooks has higher upside. Robert Woods is going to have more bigger games. But Cooper Cup is the one who is consistent. Consistently double-digit points every single week. Because it can be a Brandon Cooks week. It could be a Robert Woods week. But Cooper Cup, no matter whose week it is, he will be that second option in that in that week. During that game. And that will guarantee him double-digit points pretty much. He is the red zone target when he's on the field for Jared Goff. He is the one he's most comfortable with. He is the chain mover when he is on the field. And he has a couple. he had a couple big games in his own right last year when he was healthy. So he has that capability as well. But that's why I like Cooper Cup the best out of those three. If you're looking to draft A, he goes later than Cooks. He goes later than Robert Woods. Those those two guys are going squarely in the third round. Cooper Cup's a fourth, fifth round guy at the moment. I still think that's a little high considering he doesn't have the potential to be a wide receiver one. Where there's some guys in that area like an Allen Robinson, like a Mike Williams that I at least think have the potential to possibly get to that level. Not saying that they definitely will, not saying I'm projecting them to do so, but I think they have the potential given their situations to be on that level. So I think it's a little bit high for Cooper Cup to be that high. I think it's a little high for Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods to be as high as they are. But Cooper Cup's the guy I like the best if you're looking at a Rams wide receiver. And you know when you take one of these guys, you're taking a solid wide receiver too. That that's what any one of them you're taking a solid wide receiver to who's going to be consistent for you and get you big games. So that's why all three of these guys have such great value in this offense. The tight end position has not been very valuable for the Rams thus far this season. Will it be more valuable this year? We will see. From what the reports that I've been able to gather thus far on the inside is that Gerald Everett looks to be the starting tight end over Tyler Higby this season. Gerald Everett is the better pass catcher. He is the more athletic tight end. So if he can truly become the starter and take over, he does offer a little more upside, at least for the position. But it's just not a position that has been harped on in the past by this Rams team because they have so many weapons already in place with their wide receivers and their running back situation. So I don't know if 
tight end position is still going to be anything of value, even even on a stream-worthy basis, that you're going to be able to feel confident in the play any given week in this situation. But because this is a high-scoring offense, because Gerald Everett is a more athletic tight end, he may be somebody you just want to keep on your watch list in case there seems to be some development there as the season progresses. But going into this season, I wouldn't be counting on anything. That defense of the Rams is going to take a step up. Eric Weddle is a fantastic addition, especially for a defensive corner like Wade Phillips to have a smart free safety back there who still has, I think, one really good year left in his tank. I love the fact that they went out and signed Clay Matthews. Yes, they lost to Dominican Sue, but that was to be expected. They went out and signed Clay Matthews to be a pass rusher on the outside with Aaron Donald. And a lot of times, those guys are going to be rushing from the same side. I think that's going to work out very, very well in the Wade Phillips system. Remember, Marcus Peters was banged up. Aqib Tlaib was banged up. Outside of Aaron Donald, that defense was greatly banged up throughout the season last year. And they didn't perform to the top three defense that people had drafted them to do so as a result. But Marcus Peters is still a really good corner, guys. He's going to be healthy this season. This defense, I think, is going to be better from a fantasy perspective this year than they were last year. And I think it's a very good possibility that this defense will be a top five defense for fantasy football purposes with the possible potential to become a top three defense. They are somebody you're definitely going to be wanting to draft of the top defenses. When you get into the 14th, 15th, or 16th round, depending on what kind of league you're in, those are usually the average 15, 16th round usually is the last round for most platforms. Make sure you're waiting for defense and kicker because you just never know until the season starts or until injury happens. So just keep that in mind. But on paper, I like this defense a lot for fantasy purposes. Greg DeLeg is Greg DeLeg. He's the number one kicker. He can boot it from anywhere on the field on top of being on an offense that's going to constantly move the ball. When they don't get in the red zone, he's going to boot a 50-yarder. Greg DeLeg is one of the few kickers ever, ever, and this includes Justin Tucker because he's never been on a great offense to have the opportunity to do so. Otherwise, he would be in this discussion as well. But Greg DeLeg is one of the few kickers ever to have a stretch where he was basically putting up RB2, borderline RB1 type of fantasy points because of how many opportunities he was getting and because for, because why he can kick it from everywhere on the field. So he's the number one kicker. And I'm taking Greg the leg over any defense, over any kicker. When I get him back into that 14, 15, 16 round area and I'm starting to look defense and kicker, I'm looking at Greg the leg. Now he might not be back there, but that's when I'm looking for him because I'm not going to go in the 12th, 13th round and take a kicker or a defense. I'm not going to do that to myself. I'm going to make sure I have as much roster availability for as many guys that I can stack on my lineup as possible. I'm not going to reach early on a position that doesn't need to be reached early on. So keep that in mind as well. We're going to take a quick break right here. On the other side, we're going to come back with the Denver Broncos. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. There's not really a lot of guesswork when trying to figure out what the Denver Broncos are going to look like, who is going to be valuable, who's going to start. There's not a lot of questions there, which is a good thing for someone in my position, but it's not really a good thing when you examine it from a fantasy perspective for when you're looking for value. The Denver Broncos are not one of those teams where you're just going to find a ton of it. Select few areas, sure. But let's start off first with Joe Flacco as the quarterback. Is he better than Case Keenum? Yes. I don't want to hear that number-wise, him and Case Keenum have been similar. You can kiss me where the sun doesn't shine. Because Joe Flacco, just from the eye test alone, and this is where this is where I get annoyed sometimes when people who just look at numbers and don't actually watch the game, eye test alone should tell you that Joe Flacco is better than Case Keenum. Now, is Joe Flacco great? No. Of course he isn't. He hasn't really been that great since the Super Bowl run, quite frankly. He's been banged up quite a bit since then. He was more healthy last season than he has been in a while, which was nice to see. But because the Baltimore Ravens had pretty much already moved on at that point and drafted their future guy, you knew he was on a leash at some point during the season. But the beginning of the season, if you remember, he played well. He was throwing the ball down the field. John Brown was a wide receiver too with upside. In the first four games of the year last year, that was an offense that was trying to put the ball down the field. It simmered off after the first few weeks, and then you got what you got. Joe Flacco is a better quarterback in Case Keenum. Now, for fantasy purposes, am I trying to talk up Joe Flacco? No, 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 no. But what I'm trying to make the point is, is that Joe Flacco does a much better job of helping amplify the wide receiver's fantasy value like Cortland Sutton, who's going to be the number one wide receiver this season. I don't, I don't know what Emmanuel Sanders is going to be. I don't understand anybody who's projecting Emmanuel Sanders to actually definitively play week one or definitively have a decent season. Emmanuel Sanders is one of those guys, he's all over the place in ADPs depending on what the platform is. Some have him in the 7th, 8th round, which just blows my mind, quite frankly, And then some others have him in the 12th, 13th round, which is better. But this is where Emmanuel Sanders should be. Emmanuel Sanders should not be getting drafted if you're in a 10 to 12 team league that has 15 to 16 rounds in it. Shouldn't be getting drafted in those leagues. Deeper leagues, leagues with more rounds because it's a best ball league. We can talk about it. He should not be getting drafted in the majority of leagues, which is 10 to 12 team leagues, whether it's standard, whether it's PPR, 15, 16 rounds. 
He shouldn't be getting drafted in those leagues. We don't know what he's going to be. He is a 30, over 30-year-old 30 receiver coming off an Achilles injury, a receiver who depended on his speed in order to be able to be a playmaker at, at this level. When you lose an Achilles like that and you're a big thing with speed, he's not an overly big wide receiver. I, I'm going to really need to see how does he look exploding out of his breaks. It's not even about whether or not he can run past people anymore and get open down the field. Because I'm going to tell you right now, the answer to that is no. He is not going to be able to just blow past people anymore. But can he at least, being a veteran wide receiver with some savvy, can he explode enough out of his routes to get separation to be a competent slot receiver? Because I think that's really all you can hope for at this point. And that's something that, frankly, we're not going to know until we get to watch some training camp. You're just not going to know until then. And even then, when you're talking about drafting guys and talk about fantasy value, how he's not a guy who's just automatically going to be somebody you just you know put on your watch list for your waiver list and leave undrafted, I don't understand. I know he's got the name. I know he's been productive. I know some people aren't maybe sold on Cortland Sutton being the number one wide receiver. This offense is only going to be able to give one wide receiver true fantasy value on a week-to-week basis. A lot of people want to just talk up to Sean Hamilton and Tim Patrick who had nice little games here and there in PPR formats. But I'm telling you right now, those guys aren't actually legitimate good NFL wide receivers. They're backups. They're three. They're wide receiver threes, wide receiver fours on rosters. Not talking wide receiver three, not wide receiver four in fantasy. Talking wide receiver wide, wide receiver three, wide receiver four on rosters. Say that five times fast. That is what they are. So don't get a twist that suddenly these are guys that are like, like diamonds in the rough, especially in PPR formats where they're going to pepper it up enough. It's not going to happen. This is still going to be a run first team. Cortland Sutton is the only guy who can have value from a week to week basis. I like Cortland Sutton as a, as a late flyer. He's going in the right range right now. That 9, 10, 11, 12 round range going among, going like just behind guys like Dante Pettis going amongst guys like Deshaun Jackson, Larry Fitzgerald, a little bit ahead of Devontae Parker. He's about where he should be going. I'm not going to have crazy expectations, but he is a wide receiver with some good talent heading into his second season with a quarterback who can actually throw the ball deep on a team that should actually be able to utilize play action. So there is some potential there for him to have a decent year as a late flyer wide receiver four, wide receiver five type on a good fantasy team. But that's it. I'm not impressed with Deshaun Hamilton. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, frankly, is going to be done. Tim Patrick, don't care. So don't make the mistake of thinking these guys have value, even in PPR leagues, in that 11, 12, 13th round, which is where I see them going. There's plenty of other guys who have a lot more value, like a Moncrief, like a Funchess, like a Devontae Parker, like a James Washington. All those guys are going in the same area. They have way more upside, especially when it comes to when you're talking about red zone touchdowns and roles in their offense and offenses that actually throw the ball more than Deshaun Hamilton's and Tim Patrick's of the world. So just keep that in mind when you're getting in that range. This team's all about the running backs. It's about Philip Lindsay. It's about Royce Freeman. I see no reason why it's not a similar split between the two. 50-50, maybe 53-47 between the two guys. Pretty even split. I don't see why that doesn't continue. 
Roy Freeman getting a little bit of less just because Philip Lindsay has been such a big playmaker. And that's going to be the thing with the Denver Broncos. Look, regardless of how you feel about Royce Freeman, regardless of how you feel about Philip Lindsay when it comes to a talent perspective, because this team does not have a lot of explosion right now, they need to lean on Philip Lindsay a little bit more than they do Royce Freeman because they need an X factor on the field. And that's what Philip Lindsay provides for them. That's why he's going to get a few more touches. That plus he's a better pass catching back because you can do more with the ball when he's out in the open. Now the one thing I am going to advise all of you about when it comes to these two running backs is that I'm going to advise you to not draft both of these guys. I'm going to advise you to only take one or the other. Either take Philip Lindsay in the fifth, sixth round, which is where his ADP is at the moment, which is a really good spot for him right now because he is an RB2. He is a solid RB2. He doesn't have the potential for an RB1 because Royce Freeman is there because Royce Freeman is going to get his touches as well. So he is a solid RB2. Or take Royce Freeman in the 9th, 10th, 11th round where he can be more of a sleeper for you. He's going to have fantasy value for you. He's going to have some flex value for you, especially in standard leagues. Maybe not so much in half point, full point PPR leagues, but if you're still in standard leagues, he's going to have some flex value for you there. And he'll also have the upside of if Phil Lindsay gets hurt, comes in, takes over the job. As far as first and second down goes. If you were wondering, yes, for whatever reason unbeknownst to me, Devin Booker is still on the roster. And from what I'm hearing, from what I'm gathering, as far as the inside information coming out of Denver Broncos camp, is that there's a pretty good chance that he will still be on the roster, that he will not get cut this training camp. I don't, I know, I know. I don't get it either. I don't understand it at this point, why he needs to be on the roster. Because the thing that drives you crazy about Devin Booker is not that they want to keep him on the roster because I'd be fine with him if he was just a roster spot depth guy. The problem is that whenever they seem to have him on the team, no matter who the coach is, they seem to have this innate desire to want to give him like 10% of the work for no reason. He has no business being on the field unless somebody's hurt. He really doesn't. So in case you're wondering, yes, Booker is still on the roster. As of now, yes, Booker is still expected to make this roster. Unbelievably. But... Back to the more important case at hand here, which is taking one or the other. And the reason why I say take one or the other is because while most would say, like, well, why don't I take Phil Lindsay and Royce Freeman? There, I'm guaranteed the Denver backfield, which will be pretty productive under Rich Gangarello in that Shanahan type of system. It always has a good running back, and that is true. Except for the problem is, is that because both of these guys are going to have fantasy value, if you decide to play one over the other and the other one that you decide to bench, scores more on your bench, you're going to pull your hair out every single week. Because while you'll draft Philip Lindsay much higher and to be your RB2, and you would think that's going to be my starter as long as he's healthy, if you have both of them on your roster, you're going to ask yourself every single week, who do I think is going to have the better week this week? Who do I think is going to have the chance to score this week? And it's just going to become a headache for you. And it's going to lead to situations where I know for some people, you're going to wind up playing the wrong guy. So my advice to you is just take that out of the equation. Don't put yourself in that situation to have a headache. Take one or the other. Take Philip Lindsay to be your RB2. Take Royce Freeman to be your flyer with some flex appeal while Philip Lindsay is still healthy. Save yourself a headache. There's plenty of other stuff that will drive you insane when it comes to your fantasy season. Don't make this one of those situations. So that's just my, my personal advice to you guys in this situation. 
The other position of interest is the tight end position when it comes to the Denver Broncos. We know Joe Flacco likes to throw the tight end. We know Rich Gangarello is coming from the Shanahan system, which always has utilized the tight end, but in recent history has really utilized the hell out of George Kittle. And you have Noah Fant, who really is a similar athlete to George Kittle, I would argue even more explosive. Now, he's not as good of a blocker. He's not as good of an all-around tight end. But I would say he's more explosive than George Kittle is, especially when it comes to stretching the field, which is going to come in handy for the run game. Noah Fant's going to be able to take that safety out of the box by stretching the middle of the field. Now, to me, he should be the starter. I would make him the starter week one. I do think that's how the Broncos are going to go. Right now, the reports coming from inside the locker room is that him and Jeff Humerman are kind of on a 50-50 split when it comes to first-team reps at the moment. Now, my thing with that is... When you're talking about the Denver Broncos offense, it is an offense that is going to utilize two tight end sets pretty often. They're both going to be on the field a good amount. But I do think because Jeff Herman is a much better blocker at this point, that he'll be used more in those situations when they do go two tight end sets and have Noah Fant be the pass catcher, have him split out. And because, like I said with Philip Lindsay, the Broncos need to lean on him because he's a playmaker. I think that's why Noah Fant is a starter, because they also need him to be their other playmaker. And I see no reason why, even as a rookie tight end, he cannot have a good fantasy season. I know a lot of people are going to beat you in the face of death with rookie tight ends don't have great fantasy seasons. Rookie tight ends don't have great fantasy seasons. And yes, I would say that logical argument would be true for T.J. Hawkinson this year for the Detroit Lions. But when it comes to Noah Fant, because of his circumstances within that offense, meaning the order of the pass catchers the ball is likely to travel to. Is Cortland Sutton the number one read? I think Philip Lindsay might be the number two read coming out of the backfield. That number three read, I think is going to be Noah Fant. It's not going to be Tim Patrick. It's not going to be Deshaun Hamilton. They don't really have a true wide receiver too. I don't think it's going to be Emmanuel Sanders. I think it's going to be Noah Fant. And when you combine that with the offense, with Joe Flacco already having a an innate desire to throw the ball to the tight end position, I see no reason why Noah Fant can't be like Evan Ingram in the sense of having a great fantasy year in his rookie year. Him and Vance McDonald are the two tight ends that I'm taking in the back end if I don't get one of the tight ends that I really like earlier on in the draft. I'm taking one of those two guys, and I just want to see how they do for a while. If I wind up having to stream tight ends, fine. That's fine. But I'm going to take the shot on one of those two guys having a good season given the opportunity that they have. And you can get them in the 12th, the 13th, 14th, 15th, the 16th round right now in that range, that back end of your draft. So that's why I like Vance McDonald and Noah Fant a lot because of those situations. The Denver Bronco defense is going to be a great draft defense that you're going to want on your team. First off, they're definitely going to be a top 10 fantasy defense. And I think they will have the potential to be a top five fantasy defense this year. And right now, there are defenses that you can actually get later. They're not one of the top defenses flying off the board. So if you want to wait on defense, or should I say take a defense in its proper round, which is that second to last round of your drafts, there's a decent chance the Denver Broncos are going to be available to you, being that they've been a disappointment up until this point. But Vic Fangio is the perfect coach for this defense. The biggest thing this defense needed was somebody to help them get more physical and actually make tackles at the point of attack. That is what Vic Fangio does best. And as long as he has a premier pass rusher, which in this case he has two, he has Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, he will have a top 
10 defense, if not a top 5 defense throughout his entire history. The Broncos still have a good secondary. They have a great pass rush. Personnel-wise, still some question marks as far as the run defense goes, but Vic Vangio has always been able to take any defense and make them a decent run defense, at least a competent one. And that's all the Broncos need to be a top fantasy defense. So I love the Broncos' defense. Brandon McManus is the kicker. He's a streaming kicker. I don't think he's in a situation that can guarantee him kicker one. Uh, but I think he's a guy who you're going to be able to pick up throughout the season, especially if you're streaming kickers in certain situations. You know, he can boot them. You get the thin air up there. He can get a couple 50-yarders for you. They're going to be in games that's so going to be field goal-like games because it's going to be a run-first type of team. It's going to want to control the ball, play defense. He's a streaming kicker. We're going to take a quick break right here. On the other side, come back with the Kansas City Chiefs for you. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. Man, looking back on it, this really has been a rough offseason for the Kansas City Chiefs. Not because they've lost players, not because they have become less fantasy relevant, but the the offseason stories have really just been hard between Tyreek Hill and the running back situation. Who is it going to be? Is it really going to be Damian Williams? Uh, it, it's, been, it's been a rough go of things, but at the end of the day, you have the anchor in Patrick Mahomes. And that's been a big story too. Patrick Mahomes' regression. Regression, regression, regression. Yes, there's going to be regression because he threw 50 touchdowns. There's not going to be regression in the sense of who the quarterback won overall is going to be this season. All of a sudden, people want to go, they want to go Andrew Luck. I've, I've seen some people want to go Drew Brees. I'm like, Drew, Drew Brees' days is the quarterback one has passed him. Let's, let's, let's get that clear right now. I see people want to go Deshaun Watson. Uh, I see people want to bring back Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes, just because he's going to have regression from a 50-touchdown season, does not mean he's suddenly going to regress to being only in the top five of quarterbacks. He is the QB1. This is still a pass-first offense. He is on another level as far as his skill set goes than anyone I, frankly, I think I might have ever seen. I don't see anyone possess the full package that he has, especially so young. Now, remember last year, he didn't even run that much. But Patrick Mahomes, trust me when I tell you, has the ability to take off and run when he needs to, and is very fast and effective when doing so. So I wouldn't be surprised if he put up more rushing numbers this season, even if his passing numbers regress. And what regression are we talking about? 50 to 38 touchdowns? 50 to 40? Let's not forget, he could have major regression and still have the most touchdowns in the NFL this season. Andrew Luck was second last year with 39, and it had been a while since he had done that. So Patrick Mahomes could throw 38 touchdowns and still have the most touchdowns in the NFL passing-wise. Not to mention he'll still throw for more than 4,500 yards. Not to mention that I do think he will have a few more scrambling yards. He's still the quarterback one, guys. He's still a Travis Kelsey. He's going to have Tyreek Hill at some point this season. We don't know exactly when yet, but he will have him. He still has Sammy Watkins, who on the field is a dynamic playmaker. 
Think what you want about Damian Williams. I'm not a big fan myself as a running back, but I do think he's a hell of a pass catcher. Just another weapon for Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball to. They're going to be just fine. He's going to be just fine. Now, if you're looking at, you know, who's backing him up, well, hopefully he'll prove to be pretty healthy because his backup situation is, frankly, not the greatest because it's still Chad Henney. Or, most likely, will be Blake Bortles. Oh, I'm sorry. Blake Bortles is on the Rams. So, yeah, it is Chad Henney. My mistake. So, whole Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hurt because if Chad Henney has to take over, that might destroy everybody's value. Now, here's a big situation everyone's talking about. Damian Williams, Carlos Hyde, the running back situation. If you go back to my earlier podcasts, back when we are talking about the draft, I was harping on, I did not believe that Damian Williams would really be the actual featured back. Whether he's going to be a starter or not, I kind of put in quotations like starter, like, yeah, they might come out of the game in shotgun, so he might start most of the games because they're starting out in the shotgun formation, and he'll probably be in on most of those formations, I would believe, for passing down work because he's a better pass catcher uh, than Carlos Hyde is. So I was like, he might be the starter, but as far as a runner goes, I did not expect him to be the featured runner. I expected the first and second down work to go to Carlos Hyde. I expected it to be more of a split like it was with Damian Williams and Spencer Ware before Spencer Ware got hurt last season. That was what I expected. My tune on that has to change a little bit at the very least because the offensive coordinator came out and said Damian Williams earned the right to be the featured guy. Andy Reid himself has come out and said he's earned the right to be the featured guy. So because of that, I have to pay attention to that. So here, here's what my new take is. I still believe by the end of the season, Carlos Hyde's going to be the guy they turn to to run. I still believe by the end of the season, this is going to be more of a committee than having one true featured guy. I do not believe Damian Williams is built to be a featured quote-unquote back without having a significant shared workload with someone. I do not believe he is a great runner in between the tackles on a consistent basis. I think he's a good pass catcher. I do believe Carlos Hyde is a lot better than people think because I think he's had a raw deal with Cleveland and then getting traded to Jacksonville midway through the season and then riding pine behind Leonard Fournette in that crazy situation. So I don't think that's fair to judge him off of. I look at what he did with Kyle Shanahan in his last year, the 49ers, when he did catch over 50 balls, when he was a very good runner in a system that didn't have a very good offensive line, but just was a system that was conducive to running backs. Just like the Andy Reid system is, as long as you're able to do a little bit of both, Carlos Hyde can do a little bit of both. And I do think he's a way better runner than Damian Williams. So in the beginning of the season, it might be the Damian Williams show. But I think week four, week five, week six, somewhere in that range, we're going to start to see Carlos Hyde get mixed in more. Now, I'm going to talk about the receivers real quick because we got to get through this because we have the interview on the other side that we got to get to. And, you know, I want to make sure they have as much time as possible. And I usually try to keep these shows about an hour. I'm going to tell you right now in the middle of the show or a little bit past the middle of the show, this show is going to be a little bit more than an hour just to see where it's at now. But it's worth it. Trust me. So you're going to want to make sure you stay tuned for that. And also the rest of the Chiefs because we're talking wide receivers, talking Tyreek Hill. We don't know what the suspension is going to be. But we do know that it's probably not going to be eight games, which means it's probably going to be four. Because pretty much based off of the meetings that they had earlier this month, late June I believe it was, it just it did not seem like the NFL, like Roger Goodell, felt like his situation in particular had enough evidence, true evidence, pointing against Tyreek Hill to give him an eight-game suspension. Think of that what you will. 
But that was pretty much the census coming out of that meeting was that Tyreek Hill was pretty truthful along and was collaborated with the investigators from the criminal justice as far as what his story was. And there just seemed to be a lot of he said, she said there seemed to be a lot of misinformation on the fiance side. This involved the kid. I'm not here to give you a judgment call. I'm a fantasy football show. I'm here to talk fantasy football value. So as a result of this, harping on that point, it does not seem like he will get eight games. It's more likely he'll get four, if that, because there does seem to be a chance he might not get a suspension at all. But four games at the most. 12 games of Tyreek Hill is still going to be a wide receiver one at the end of the year. So my advice to you is feel out your team. Don't reach on Tyreek Hill because... Especially if you're drafting early at this point, we're not going to know, I think, until the first couple of weeks of training camp. Because you know how the NFL moves. Everyone's hoping it's going to be that first week of training camp. We'll get to know. The NFL takes its own time. They do their own thing. It's going to probably be a couple of weeks in the training camp. So if you're drafting early, don't reach on him. I would say the fifth round, maybe the fourth round if you have you know a bunch of running backs and no good receivers. But I would say the fifth round is a good spot to go ahead and take Tyreek Hill and bank on the fact that you'll at least have him for 12 games. And the 12 most important games, which is later on in the season. That's where I would take him if you're drafting really early. If we get to drafts and it's you know mid-late August, I think we're going to know by then exactly what the suspension is going to be. So as of now, Sammy Watkins' value should go up. Because even if it is just four games, and even if it's that first month of the season, A, Sammy Watkins should at least be healthy for that part of it even if you believe he's going to get hurt. And he should be the number one target in a pass-heavy system led by Patrick Mahomes. And Sammy Watkins does have tremendous talent when he's on the field and is targeted on a consistent basis. He's proven that when he was in Buffalo. He proved that uh, he proved that last year when they, weren't using, when they were using him consistently, even with Tyreek Hill on the field, that he can be really good. So Sammy Watkins, to me... Now, the thing is, is that right now his ADP is still kind of where... People are expecting Tyreek Hill to have served like an eight-game or more suspension. It still really hasn't evened out yet because they still kind of have Watkins in that fourth, fifth round. I think that's too high because when Tyreek Hill is on the field, he's going to have games where he's forgotten about because it's going to be Hill, it's going to be Travis Kelsey, you know, it's going to be a sprinkle of Damian Williams. There's going to be games where Sammy Watkins just plain gets left out at the end of the day. So just keep that in mind. I think he is somebody who I would love in the sixth and seventh round. I think he's somebody with you know, mid wide receiver two type of potential where he's going to have, well, he's going to be a boom guy. So he's going to have those games where he gets you in the wide receiver one numbers because he's going to have a boom game. But I think at the end of the season, I think we're talking about a lower end wide receiver two, really high end wide receiver three, a guy you can play in the flex on a consistent basis, regardless of the scoring league that you're in standard half point, full point PPR. And he's going to be that guy. I love him in best ball leagues. You know, he's going to have those big games for you. So don't sleep on Sammy Watkins, but don't take him where he's being ADP'd at right now because that's more a reflection of Tyreek Hill serving a longer suspension than he's going to serve. The tight end position, we don't have to talk about the tight end position too much. It's Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is a second-round player. Boom, there you go. Kansas City Chiefs defense still sucks. So nothing to really talk about there either. Bringing in Steve Spagnuolo and changing around the defense – Maybe they go from being absolutely pathetic to just bad, but that's about that's about as far as the jump is going to take them, especially from a personnel standpoint. 
Harrison Buckner as a kicker. I love Harrison Buckner as a kicker. This is an offense going to put up a lot of points. It's bad defense. They're going to have to move the ball. They're going to have to score. Harrison Buckner is a good kicker. He is a guy who can get you some 50-yarders. I do believe he will be a top-five kicker at the end of the season. So he is somebody you're going to want to draft earlier. But that's going to wrap up the Chiefs. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, I'm going to have a great interview for you guys breaking down the Washington Redskins. So make sure you stay tuned through that. Very excited to bring on to our next guest. So let's take a break here and get him to you. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash teamready. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. And welcome back to the show, MD Nation listeners. And I have on the phone for you a great guest that's going to break down the Washington Redskins for us in this last segment. He is YouTube sensation, number one broadcaster on the Sportscaster app, CEO and founder of the Rum Boys Fantasy Network. You can find him on Twitter at RumBoysNet. It gives me great pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Robbie J. Hey, what's going on, MD Nation? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So happy you came on the show. So glad you're here with us tonight because we're breaking down the Washington Redskins, which are your favorite team. And I love to get the insight info that you have as you get through some of these questions. But first, before we get into that, what I like to do with a lot of my guests, especially when it's the first time for them coming on, is I want my listeners to get to know you. So first of all, how long have you been doing the Rum Boys Fantasy Network, and how did that all start? Uh, so it started out with just uh, me and a buddy. Uh, we were sitting back on the uh, on the couch, uh, just watching just just watching a, a game, and then all of a sudden we were just like we we, we started getting into a debate, and our friends that were around us they were like they were like uh, you know you guys should should create a show. We were giving them I guess an entertaining uh, an entertaining uh, conversation. We were killing a bottle of rum in the process and then decided to name ourselves the Rum Boys. That's, that's, that's a great, that's a great classic story right there. Just the best ideas coming when you don't expect them to. And you must have been put on a hell of a show for people to suggest that for you. Is that, that's, that's a great classic origi- original story. Really, greatly appreciate it. I always love telling it. I always love telling it. 
Um, one of the things that I do want my listeners to know about you as well, which was really cool, and uh, personally I'm a little bit jealous of you on, on this point, is that you got to experience something that so few get to, and yet so many would love to have the chance to, and that was a trip to the NFLPA rookie premiere. You were able to meet several key players. You were able to interview a lot of them. Tell us about that experience. Tell us about who you got to interview. Absolutely, absolutely. That was a once-in-a-lifetime um, experience. Uh, well, I mean, well, I don't want to say once-in-a-lifetime because we're, we're, we are looking you know, toward, towards the future of maybe possibly even doing that again or something close to it. Um, but, yeah, we did a competition. Well, there was a competition. I'm sorry on Sportscaster, which is an app that you can download on any iOS device. It is going to be coming to Android soon, um, but it's also a website as well. And it's for guys like you and myself, where you know we want people to hear our takes. We want to produce content, but it's a live streaming platform. So think of it like you know YouTube or Twitch, but instead of it like you know being for gamers, it's for the sports fans. Um, we did a competition. We, we competed in a competition against streamers from all over the world. Um, that that are on that service, and we came out uh, by almost a two two thousand view margin throughout the month of April, and uh, in May they sent us to the NFLPA rookie premiere in Beverly Hills, and we got to interview forty, like you said, forty of the rookies, uh, names like Kyler Murray, Nick Bosa, Nicole Hardman, Paris Campbell, Dwayne Haskins. The list goes, you know, on and on and on. Um, Definitely, you know, unique seeing them seeing it, sign all their rookie cards, getting their reactions, you know, live at the Jersey Reveal. I even got to meet a few veterans, uh, build a lot of connections within the industry. I met Matthew Berry. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I mean, that opportunity just kind of led, you know, to, to you know, other things. Uh, featuring here on your show now, um, yeah, I, I had an NFL analyst, uh, Adam Rank, on my show. You know, so just it's, it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. And that, and we've only been doing this for about eight months now. Eight times. That, that's in, that's incredible. Yeah, that that's absolutely incredible to make that kind of progress in that short time to get that opportunity to network. Um, that really really sounded like it was a lot of fun, and, and maybe I'll be competing with you next year. I do. I've told my listeners this already. I do plan on trying to get onto the Sportscaster app once the season starts. It's a great app. If you haven't checked it out and you want to see those interviews, make sure you look at Rum Boys Fantasy Network on the Sportscaster app. You'll be able to see all of those interviews and all the videos they've done since then as well. You guys do really great work, great breakdowns. Always enjoy the videos. Always enjoy your different backgrounds that you have going on too. Uh, so it's it's a really great show and a lot of fun to watch. Appreciate it, appreciate it. And what's great is like it's it's always you know something you know new and fresh. And we we cover fantasy football is our main stake. That's what we you know our crown jewel. But we do cover everything. So any you know fight fans that are listening or any you know NBA or whatever the case may be, we have something for everyone. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's get into what the listeners really want to hear about, and that's the Washington Redskins breaking down what their fantasy outlook as a team could possibly be. The first place you have to start is the quarterback position, and right now there is a quarterback battle in Washington. So do you think it's going to be Dwayne Haskins or Case Keenum starting for the Redskins in Week 1? So I think that it's in our best interest that, you know, as a team, uh, avoid the fantasy take leading first as a team we start case first i say by probably around like week three you maybe consider you start thinking about putting Dwayne in week four is when you 
got to be a quick decision because Jay Gruden's on the hot seat. I'm also all for Jay Gruden getting fired anyways. I don't really like him as our coach. <laughs> um, so, you know, us, us, you know, having a good record, maybe, you know, going 9-7, and seven, but then him, you know, getting fired and then us getting someone fresh for Dwayne and then Dwayne being our full-time starter, you know, next year and then him just playing about, you know, 15 games, you know, this year. Or, or, you know, about around, around about uh, 13 games this year. You know, anywhere between the 13 to 15 games this year, I think is perfectly fine. Um, but let let Case first, you know, go so he can just see, oh, so that's how the, the game is, like, played at. That, that's the pace. Because even in preseason, he's not going to be used to the pace yet. Because the tempo is still yeah. the same. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, don't dis- I don't disagree with that point. Um, for me, I kind of... It's kind of a bittersweet thing for me. I'm a huge Dwayne Haskins fan coming out of college, even before he was drafted by the Redskins. I do like the fit there for the long term. Um, It's one of those things where I think he should sit at the start because I don't think that offense is going to be great around him. He's not going to have a lot of weapons to throw the ball, so he's he's not going to have the opportunity to look great in his first year. But at the same time, I do think he's going to be the starter week one because of your point, which is Jay Gruden is on the hot seat. If he rolls out with the veteran off the bat and then has to pull that veteran and bench him, he pretty much signs his death warrant on the season. So that is where I kind of I kind of flip flop as to where who I think it's going to be in that sense. I like I like that as well. I mean, but you don't think that that kind of what happened. Um, in, in the situation right up the road, right up, right up uh, 95, in Baltimore, where you know Harbaugh was on the hot, hot seat, but here comes this, this this rookie who runs all over the place and creates great fantasy points because he runs, and you know he he ends up saving your job. So I mean that adverse could could happen as well. Um, I hope that that for for the sake of me not wanting him as our coach anymore and Haskins' career of having someone better, I just I as a Redskins fan I have this fear looming with Haskins, especially after meeting him. You know he's definitely larger than life. You know he's ready for the spotlight. He's ready to play in a city like DC. But I worry that he could how we had RG three. I think that history could repeat itself then again. Because he is so young, the city does put so much pressure on you when you are a star, when you are under center. We haven't had a Super Bowl in almost 27 years. So it, the, pressure, the pressure is really on, and I think he, he would go out there and he would play hard, and Gruden is the type of coach that if a quarterback that can run, he'll push you. No, and I and I don't disagree with your Baltimore Raven point. I would say that the Ravens were in a position all season long to be in the playoffs. I don't think the Redskins are going to be in that same position. That would be my only caveat to that. But I definitely, definitely like your point. Definitely understand where you're coming from with that. Oh yeah. What what we have next when we got to talk about which is going to be heavily fantasy involved is the running back situation. What should be the realistic expectation for Darius Geis this season? How big of a role do you think AP is going to have? Does Chris Thompson still be a factor on third downs? You know, this is interesting. Um, first, leading off with, with, with guys, guys, I appreciate all the love that you show the Run Boys Fantasy Sports Network on, on Twitter. The constantly always liking all of our stuff anytime that we hashtag HCTRE. Um, but you know, also with that, um, how do how do I how do I say this? 
you know, he did have that, that hamstring tweak, and I saw how he slid down the Scott Fishball satellite uh, league that I'm in, uh, and that really threw me off, to be honest. Seeing guys fall the way that he did, I ended up picking the AP before guys, and I was eyeing guys, and I was like, wait, I have a feeling that he could get banged up again, and if he does, AP's going to have even a bigger workload. AP was a, was valuable for me last year. I was like, let me go in and vote, gamble and roll the dice with him again. I don't get too often to what players say um, during the offseason, but Adrian Peterson has already said he wants a 2,000-yard season. I'm confident in that, but I will say with the combination of Bryce Love, Chris Thompson as well, who's going to come in and you know get you those PPR points on the receiving end uh, out the backfield, that makes it hard to trust any of these running backs in this backfield. Geis has the biggest question mark because of injury. You know if AP touches the ball, he's going to make the most of his touches. It's, I don't really worry about that one too much, but you now got to worry about the addition of Love and then Thompson if he's healthy receiving-wise. Well, from what I understand as it is right now, Bryce Love, there's a very good chance he's not going to play this season. There's a very good chance he gets redshirted and replaces Chris Thompson in that third down role next year. So I don't think you're going to have to worry about Bryce Love too much this season. But I'm with you on, I don't know how much you really want to have any part of this backfield. Maybe even a PPR and a spot star. I think Chris Thompson's the safest one. But as long as Darius Geis and AP are both healthy, knowing what the split between the two, I think, is going to be is going to be impossible. Now, I've been beating the drum for all offseason that Darius Geis is going, frankly, way too high because AP is still going to be involved even if both of them are on the field. And to your point, having that fear of Darius Geis getting banged up, I think that's something that's going to plague him throughout his entire career. It's why I'm not a big Darius Geis fan. I do think this guy is going to be injury-prone. Exactly. I think I, I think so, too. Um, I mean, there's... The, the hamstring sweep was so severe that he he and the backlash was so severe around it that he deleted his Twitter account. You know, and and then he's also been dealing with a lot, you know, personal wise, you know, in, in his life, you know, off the field. I just I'm not sure if he's fully if he's fully going to be there. You know, just knowing. And knowing people, me being a Virginian and knowing people in the Ashland, Virginia, where Ashland, Virginia area where he lives, and then you know knowing him and seeing him out and about, I'm just not. That it's something that I do worry about. Who do you believe is going to emerge as the wide receiver one? Um, I gotta go with uh, you know the F1 McLaurin. Uh, you definitely guys gotta gotta check out my my interview with uh, with uh, Terry McLaurin. Uh, I think so, due to the fact that they drafted him for a reason. They, him and Haskins were, were together at, at Ohio State. So I think that that, uh, that chemistry translates. I know that a lot of uh, NFL insiders are saying Trey Quinn's going to be the breakout. Chris Carter mentioned, oh, Trey Quinn's going to be the breakout for, for these, this receiving core. I don't think so. I think that Trey Quinn is a little bit you know, too, too smaller build. Um, for for the receiver position, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to you know run as fast or take the take the top off the of safety as well as you know McLaurin. So I think that McLaurin's going to be the breakout. He's going to resemble kind of almost like a D-Jax almost for us, except help praying. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I kind of agree. Uh, Terry McLaurin has been one of those guys that I said that I think is going to be a hot waiver pickup at some point in the season for people, especially when Dwayne Haskins does take over uh, the job, because I do expect that chemistry to be there. He is a big play guy. I do think Trey Quinn might be the number one receiver in a sense that he might get the most targets in this team and therefore might have, you know, bi-week PPR potential, but I don't think he has the skill set, nor do I think this offense is set up to really have a slot receiver or a guy like Trey Quinn as a slot receiver really be super fantasy relevant to any stretch to where you're going to play him on a week-to-week basis. Exactly. So I do agree with what you're saying with Trey Quinn uh, on on that point. Really, altogether, I don't know if I don't know if there's any receiver that you're really going to be clamoring at the bit for the Redskins. I don't know if there's anybody you do draft. They do have Paul Richardson there, but you know who knows if Paul Richardson well, can stay on the field. Exactly. I, I think that uh, Paul Richardson is just kind of you know, collect, collecting his uh, his NFL checks, and he'll probably be done as, as a Redskin. To be honest, I get that that vibe in my stomach. Josh Doxson, he's in a contract year, so he's going to have to play big. Um, I would love to see old school Josh Doxson, old school TCU, you know, J Dot. They'll go out there, catch the ball at the high point in the back of the end zone. He, he, he's really good at the corner for that jump ball. Um, and then also you gotta got to mention as well, Kelvin Harmon. I think that he could be a guy that people clamor at at the wave of wide receiver. Him and McLaurin, I don't think you're going to draft any of these guys, but him, between Harmon and McLaurin will be your two breakouts. I think people are going too high on Quinn right now. I, I, I tend to agree with that assessment. Let's talk about a pass catcher who people might actually draft, and that could be could be Jordan Reed. He had a relatively healthy season last year, but he was kind of disappointing when he played. He didn't produce at the high level we're used to seeing him do when he is on the field. Do you believe that he can return the form, or are his best days just behind him? So what I am hearing uh, from from one of, one, of, one of my you know good friends out, out there in Ashton, Virginia, that works at the facility. Uh, that works at the facility is that he is looking a whole lot better and better than ever. And they're believing that he's going to return to regular form. And that's from that's from 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 the medical staff side side of things. So if he does return to medical for, to, to to you know 100% form, then let's say you know you. He's one of those guys that you get, you know, outside of you know the the, the, the top ten rounds. I don't think that that you're drafting him, you know, through the first ten rounds. At least I didn't see him. I didn't see him go in my first ten in SFB. So, which is the first draft I've been participating in this year. Um, and if that didn't happen there, I don't see that happening in any of you know your work leagues, your more casual, you know, just just for fun leagues. Um, maybe he returns that form, and you look like the smart guy in the draft room. And you get away with the steal, um, but I've been hearing that he is going to be healthy. I am personally staying away from him because okay. of the history, the track, the track history. And I'm one of those Redskins fans that that doesn't get get, get too amped up on stuff like that because I know people in the organization. Um, I just kind of, you know, like, oh, that's cool. Like, thanks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I could definitely understand that. The thing with my with Jordan Reed right now is that he's a guy who's teetering on whether he's drafted or not. He's usually that, that back-end sleeper tight end. Maybe you're taking him in the 14th, 15th, 16th round, somewhere in that range. So I do think that risk is kind of built in. 
Um, the big question is, is he, is he healthy enough where he can explode out of his routes again? He could be the number one pass catcher on this team. I think he's worth the flyer, but I'm not definitely, if you want to stay away from him, I'm definitely not going to fault you for that at all either, given the history. And given there's there are some decent sleeper tight ends this year, a la Vance McDonald, Noah Fant, type guys of those, those oh, nature. T.J. Yeah. Hawkinson, yeah. Um, are the Redskins built to be a sleeper defense? Because I think they might be for fantasy football. Absolutely, positively, yes. Like, you, 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 you can't go. I, I feel like you can't go wrong. You know, drafting them. Um, they're gonna be when when you start seeing defenses go off the board. Uh, if you're maybe within that that middle tier in that round, uh, let's say you know you, go, uh, you know picks five through five through nine, you're in twelve man league. That's probably where you should be hoping that you can grab you can grab them. Um, they're gonna be definitely a defense a defense to look out for in fantasy. As long as Josh Orman can stop jumping over bulls. <laughs> I mean, maybe in one sense it's a good thing because he's healthy. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know what the line of thinking was there. That scared, <laughs> that scared me, man. I did a piece on it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just just stop it, okay? We, we might finally have a good front seven. Just we need you back there to be able to cover. Exactly. I feel like here's the way that, that our overall season will play out. And it, and it actually surrounds the defense. Our defense is what's going to pull us through games. Our defense is what's going to give us W's. I do see us being a nine and seven team, um, ten and six, you know, type type of team, just because of the defense alone, and then a combination of the running game. If everything that we have said tonight during this interview could possibly contradict itself, and this is now the fan side of me speaking, and somehow, guys is just you know. 100% healthy, and he proves all of us wrong. He is on, he's been on social media calling this this comeback season. If that takes place, I can see us cheering the W's. Adrian Peterson refines the fountain of youth? Yes. Dwayne Haskins maybe comes in week three, week four, and then starts starting for us, and he goes off, and him and McLaurin have great chemistry? I love it. I, I, I like our team's chances. You know, as much as we there's question marks, the question marks that we have, I feel like our question marks that can be answered. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that because when you have a good defense and you should, at the end of the day, have a decent run game, no matter who it is, it does put you in a position to be able to compete in game. So there could be a chance that the Redskins are more competitive than people are expecting at the end of the season. I just think that division is is very tough outside of the Giants right now. Right. I mean, when people always, when people always, you know, try, you know, you know, fantasy football and just sports fans in general, we our main game is trash talk. And whenever people come at me with it, I'm like, but our division is the only division where we all have a Lombardi. You know? Yeah. And and to me, that, that, that speaks volumes of just how competitive and how anyone can come out of the division speaks. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. So listen, b- before we close down this interview, which has been fantastic, by the way, and I've enjoyed every second of having your company on this show tonight. Uh, it's been really great. Is there anything that you would like to mention before we close it down? What is some stuff that you're working on now for my listeners to be able to go check out? And what are the best places to find you? Uh, so definitely check us out on rumboys.com. Whenever you're over there at rumboys.com, I recommend, you know, check out all of our different divisions. We have a Boston division, 
newly acquired LA division. Shout out to fantasy football at the bar. Um, we have a Philadelphia division and, and a central division that covers all of our Chicago sports. So definitely give all those guys a lot of love because they're, they're putting in a lot of time for us. We have writers over there. So we have articles for you, you know, that you can read, you know, during your work break or whatever the case may be. Take some time and you'll enjoy that material. Um, Sportscaster, YouTube for sure. Please subscribe on YouTube. It's free. <laughs> uh, and that that's really, really uh, about it. And I greatly, greatly appreciate being on this show. Oh, yeah. It's been a great time having you. Oh, yeah, of course. And it's been a great time having you. And I, I hope to have you back on sometime soon. Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. We'll uh, have to bring you on our show next. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime you want. All righty. Well, hey. Thank you for having me on NB Nation, and I greatly appreciate it, guys. Cheers. That is going to close down the show tonight, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. I think we had a lot of great content, great interview there at the end. We will be back on Monday with the Fantasy Analysis by Team Depth Charts Part 5 on Monday. And I may or may not have another special interview for you guys. You'll have to check it out and find out. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at MDFFshow for the player news update notifications along with the new episodes. I will tweet in a couple days exactly what teams we're going to be covering and whom might be covering them with us. And of course, check me out at MDFFshow on Facebook. Check out the website MDFFshow.com. You can also check out the networks that I'm a part of, OvertimeHeroics.com. Uh, unwrapsports.com and bellyupsports.com as well. I hope you guys all have a great day and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 